Yeah, hi, this is Brett White from the Being Leaders podcast, and welcome to season two. You know, I'm really excited about this season where I've been having some incredible conversations with some amazing young and emerging leaders from around the world, in Cambodia, in London, in Melbourne, in Sydney, sharing their stories, their insights, their limits, their learnings, and their challenges of their leadership journey so far. So thanks for joining us, and I know you'll get great value from these emerging, young, and inspiring leaders from around the world. In today's episode, I'm chatting with an amazing young leader, Harry Morton. Harry says that if there's one thing that drives everything in his life and every action he takes, it's people. Currently, he's working in the people and culture team of a global tech scale-up, and he's been exposed to some incredible leaders. Today, we talk about vulnerability, about empathy, about the importance of seeing the person first before the role, and how to start with yourself. It's a great conversation, and thanks for joining us. You'll get some great value out of this chat and what Harry has to share today. Well, welcome everybody to the Being Leaders podcast. It's great to have you with us and it's great to have Harry Morton with us. And so welcome, Harry. Thank you very much, Brett. Very, very happy and honoured to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Having had some uh, experience working alongside you or seeing you in action uh, and been super impressed with, I guess, you know, the way that you engage with people, uh, the way you lead. Uh, And I know that uh, for many, many years, uh, you were involved quite um, heavily with the Reach Foundation, uh, working with young people. Uh, so tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, your leadership story um, so far. I mean, you, you're still uh, just a, a young man, um, but you've had quite a bit of leadership experience um, as well. So, yeah, I'm just sort of curious to know a little bit of your journey, your story um, so far. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting question to ask yourself because I guess what I was reflecting on um, you know, when, when are you considered a leader at what point in your life and what are you doing? Do people potentially look to you in that way? And, um, you know, sometimes I guess a bit of humility kicks in and go, well, do I, do I call myself a leader? But I think yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> sometimes recognise when you are in roles that, that require that from people and you're engaging with certain people that, yeah, that, that is a part of what you do in, in different parts of life. So anyway, I think it's an interesting question to ask myself and I was reflecting about it. But I think for, for me... Um, I've probably always had a, a bit of an appetite for being challenged particularly and, and trying new things and just kind of throwing myself in there. And uh, I think a part of that obviously as an individual, you, you kind of, um, it never gets easy, but um, you get probably more familiar in being in situations where you do feel challenged or things might feel hard. And um, that's kind of always been the case for me in all different kinds of scenarios. I'm not talking yeah. necessarily about huge things, but in small ways as well. And, I also come from a pretty small um, family. I'm a middle middle child of three, and um, for whatever reason, it's probably always made uh, made me or shaped me into a bit of a connector as well, and bringing people together. Um, which you know, when I think about the way that I work with people today, the way that even I operate in my own life with friends and, and communities that I'm involved with, um, I kind of I do end up playing a bit of a role like that sometimes. In, in um, you know, speaking to someone about one thing, and um, someone else comes into my mind and go, "Hang on, have you do you know this person?" I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I guess, I guess just a bit of context. But um, I mean, you mentioned Reach. There, I was, I was 15 when I was first exposed to, to the Reach Foundation um, as a as a student in, in high school in year 10 as part of a workshop. And 
um, yeah, was really, really lucky to get involved with Reach and become a crew member as a volunteer and, and get trained up as a facilitator and, and run a whole bunch of different programs and participate in a whole bunch of different work with Reach. And um, that really, you know, if you have an appetite for being challenged, that's the place to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it really challenged me as, as a 15, 16-year-old, um, you know, a young guy who came from a pretty privileged background and um, had some amazing opportunities in my life already to then be thrown into an environment where you were really being asked serious questions about who you were and how you lived and what was important to you. And um, I, I fully believe that kind of shaped me through those, those years in terms of what I was um, what I believed I was capable of doing, but also what other people saw in me as well. And, um, you know, made a massive difference. And I was 22, 23 when I moved on from reach. So I was, you know, from 15 to 22 is a long time and also yeah. some pretty formative years. So to have been in that environment, I feel very lucky to have grown up in that space. And, um, you know, it, it, it also just opened a lot of other funnily enough channels into even where I, where I am today. Like I you know, I attended an amazing conference um, a couple of years ago called Space, which was yep. up in Byron Bay. And that was, I went as a volunteer through Reach as well. And um, being able to, to meet some of the people that attended that and, and some of the leaders from across all different sectors of Australia, um, for-profit, corporate, not-for-profit, government, literally mm. all over the place, just some, some amazing, and, and also some amazing young people doing really, really cool things um, yeah. too. And even even my work today, I work for a business called My Pass and our founder um, I met when I was 16 on a reach camp and he yeah, wow. camp and quit his former job and started the business that I now work in. So um, it's funny how that's, you know, um, the threads have continued in, in different ways, but um, yeah, I guess where, where that kind of leads lands me today. Obviously, at Reach, I was able to play um, play a role in, in the wider the wider machine, and then um, that kind of grew as it went on. But in my past, it's the same now. I work in um, in the people and culture team. You know, we, we have a role to play across the whole business in making sure that people feel fulfilled and um, engaged and um, like they're in the right place. And yep. yeah, it's leadership in all of that. But it's, you don't always think of it as the word leadership. I think it's sometimes how you communicate with people, how you engage them. And um, I guess at the end of the day, like how, how you make people feel as well, because that's for me what, what is always I've seen. And, and when I felt like I've had a great leader is that they make yeah, me feel yeah. like I can... I can achieve myself. I think it's interesting is a lot of young people are reluctant to call themselves a leader. Um, not, I'm not sure why that is. Like if it's, you know, the, the stereotype that they kind of think that, you know, if I call myself a leader, then I have to be kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think for young people that stereotype of leadership has to change and is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, that, you know, for me has been one of the themes um, of a lot of these conversations with younger leaders, uh, which I which I think is really exciting, um, you know, because I think you know I look at you and your role, your experience, your journey at Reach, um, and although I think I just cut out then, um, am I back? Yeah, I've got you. I've got you. <laughs> um, when I when I look at your role and you know what you were doing at Reach, you know, you're facilitating workshops for young people, um, but leading teams, I mean, it's a different style of leadership. How would you describe or, or, or you know, what words would you use to identify that leadership in that particular capacity? Um, uh, for me, it was always, and look, I, I, feel, I feel strongly about this because it was the way that I was shown when I was, participating and then learning later on um, yeah. in that environment working with young people for me it was to 
to lead um, pretty fiercely and very vulnerably. Okay. <laughs> and to, that if, if, if you weren't going to, going to stand up the front and put your whole self out there and be willing to talk about any aspect of your life, um, then you didn't have a right to be asking your people to do the same thing. Mm. And, you know, if you're going to stand up there and ask a bunch of your 10 boys to paint their nails, then you better, <laughs> better be comfortable doing it yourself or at least willing. So I think for me, my whole experience of, yeah, playing that role in, in that environment with young people and reaching those workshops was um, was about I'm as much participating in this work as the young people that are in the workshops with us and the day that I stop seeing the value or stop um, seeing how I can grow even if it's the same workshop every time and finding the new gems that, that you can take from it and lessons and the learnings is the day that I need to move on because yeah. I've, I've lost that one set of actually it doesn't matter if you do the same thing a hundred times you may walk away with a hundred different lessons yeah and then it's interesting that you use the word vulnerably or vulnerability uh, or, and fiercely I'm curious to know, are they things that you believe, um, you know, leaders at any levels need to, you know, have those kind of traits and characteristics around their leadership? Completely, completely. Like why would anyone, um, you know, whether they're an adult in a corporate role, uh, someone working out on a job site, wherever they might be, why would anyone open up about what they're going through if they are struggling, struggling, whatever that may look like and it's impacting what they do in their day to day, if they haven't seen you do the same back, because for all they know, they might might be worrying about. Well, I might say this, and they might shut it down, shut it down, throw it back in my face. Yeah, I think for for anyone, no matter what the role is, if you're not role modeling to people the type of behaviors and, and showing that it's okay to to bring that vulnerability, then they may never feel safe enough, or, or like it's the right place to be able to give it back to you, if, even if it is something you do encourage. Um, so you can saying it is one thing, but showing it, I think, is the more important part. It's interesting because it's probably not a trait that traditionally people have seen as important in a leader. Yeah. You know, I do a lot of work uh, with organisations around their uh, next leader programs or future leaders, emerging leaders, and, you know, when they, you know, look at the, these are the boxes that we want to tick uh, for, you know, who we see as our future leaders of our company, I don't ever remember seeing vulnerability uh, as one of the boxes that they'd be looking for. So do you think it's kind of a bit counter-cultural to the leadership kind of manta, mantra? Possibly, particularly yeah. some of the stereotypes, um, as, as you say. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the irony of it is that to be, to be a really strong, to stand up, to protect people that, you know, you're potentially leading or to, to put yourself out there um, and put yourself on the line is being vulnerable. You know, you yeah. pop up to being wrong, to being challenged. Um, and if you're okay with that as well, then I think that's what makes it even more powerful. People talk about strength and vulnerability, which can be a bit of a cliche, but that's for me where the strength comes from is, yeah. is being okay with putting it all out on the table um, and not, you know, just putting on an ego or putting on a, on a mask or a face to... Um, to show one side of yourself whilst really hiding something else. Yeah, because it's almost like in some ways leadership and vulnerability are not ever used or until I think recently at least. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think the old sort of school idea of leadership, mm. um, vulnerability wouldn't have been a part of that. Yep. Um, and, and I do think, I agree with you, I think it's absolutely critical uh, for leaders to develop 
um, vulnerability in the way that they behave as leaders and, and, and the way they behave as people. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's an interesting, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to be vulnerable as a leader. Mm. Um, and I think maybe sometimes, you know, what we think people will see in us, they think, oh, well, they're not strong, they can't, you know, how could they lead if they're, you know, sharing their weakness or sharing their struggle or saying I can't do this or apologising or whatever it is that, um, you know, they're being vulnerable about. But I do think it's just an interesting, and, and this is coming up a lot um, with the young people that I'm talking about. I mean, they they want to follow a leader who's vulnerable. Yeah, ex- exactly right. I think it speaks to a fact of um, rather than asking the people that, you know, you're, you may be mentoring or supporting who are coming up, with you asking them to change, I think actually it's simulators adapting themselves, right? And saying that that's actually not what the way that I lead today is um, may have worked in the last 10, 15 years, but it's not what people want the next five to 10 years. And yeah, so I, I, actually, I actually have to change and starting with yourself. Yeah, no, that's good. So what's been some of the challenges for you um, in your story, you know, as a, as an, as an, as an emerging leader, someone growing who, who I think has a passion for leading others. Um, what 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 have you seen as kind of some of your challenges as a young leader? I think the the, the biggest one that would come to mind straight away, I think, is that feeling of imposter syndrome. Okay. You know what? Why? Why me? What? What gives me the right to be here playing this role? And particularly, um, and that's probably more when I co-transitioned um, into you know corporate corporate environment and, and, and business that I now work in and. Um, it was totally in my own head, but it was being surrounded by all these, you know, older, more experienced people who had seen a lot and done a lot more than I had. And so I really think I struggled at first with, well, I feel like this is the right idea. My gut says it is. And I want to share it. But um, will it just be seen as, okay, thanks. It's really nice. But that's, that's not what we need right now. And that's, I think, probably the biggest thing that's followed me followed me through and it, it, it's probably a lot more comfortable with it now. But in moments, it, it does come up and it probably comes up for everyone just yeah. that, an imposter, an imposter feeling. Um, but I think beyond that, I mean, people, again, I think it's probably been the mindset that I've had coming into it. So people might make comments about, you know, the baby face or looking young. Um, you know, it's because I am. <laughs> um, and they, they might not even mean it in a negative way, but I think it plants the seed or at least waters the seed that might already yeah. Yeah, which is I am young, like I need to change the way that I approach this or do things differently to, to justify the fact that I'm, um, you know, I don't have that 20 years of experience in the industry doing what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and I think a part of that was just speaking about to link that back to the vulnerability is I think as a young person in roles like that, it, it actually just means that you feel vulnerable all the time because everything you do, you feel like is putting yourself on the table to be judged or to be seen um, with that, that, um, you know, brand or brandished with that sort of, well, you're just a young, you're just young. What, what, how do you know? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, so. do you think that then you, can become a limit that we kind of put in our own leadership? Completely, completely. Because what what I think that then leads to, and it had that, look, I can only speak for my, myself and my experience, um, things that later on came up as opportunities or things that, you know, um, I, I could kind of step up and be a part of probably were, were already opportunities a year before that, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't consider myself eligible or the right person for them or not already, or not ready um, because I didn't know necessarily any better. 
Um, whereas looking back, you know, there's certain things I go, well, I could, if I'd known to put my hand up at the time or I had the belief to do so or, you know, wasn't holding myself back from doing so, I probably could have got that a year earlier. Like yeah, it okay. different. And, and, you know, it's, it's actually sometimes taken others who have been people that I've looked up to to go, no, you, you already do this now. Um, to, to have that kind of belief to take a step forward, whereas I think on my own and my experience was on my own, I wasn't actually always willing to do that. Um, and that was only me um, holding myself back there. So a lot of your development as a leader um, was learning about yourself, right? Mm. Yeah. Creating awareness around your strengths, around your growth areas, um, and and then I guess having the courage to to continue to do what you're doing in even in that right yes because i find a lot of young people that i speak to around leadership it's like well i'll wait till i you know get that sorted or i you know learn that little bit more or i you know get this qualification or whatever it is Mm. um before i actually step into you know a leadership role Mm. um but but i think sometimes just having the courage to actually step in and learn as you go. Yes. Yeah, exactly right. Um, it's funny you mentioned that our C- CEO of our current business, Matt Smith, who is a, you know, he's a fantastic leader and has been a really great mentor to me over a long time. Um, you know, more recently in our business, just with where we're at, has been using the phrase kind of building the plane as you fly it. Yeah. And I think that summarises exactly what you're saying just there, that sometimes you just got to take, take flight and get going, even if it's not perfect yet. And, it will it will build itself as it goes because you're actually learning faster because you're in there doing it rather than um, learning from the sidelines and waiting till the right time to step in. Yeah, but you need the right culture, right? Like, exactly. you know, because if we're honest, there's a lot of organisations out there that wouldn't give mm. young people the freedom or the permission or the opportunity exactly. to, to do that. And, you, to, you know, to continue the same analogy, you, don't, you would never want to start that journey fearing that you're going to get shot down by someone yeah. on the ground, you know, as you're trying to take off. So yeah. I completely agree. You want to make sure you have the, your allies in your corner um, to, to feel the confidence that if you do, you know, go down that path, you're going to be supported as well. So what do you think a young leader needs um, from an organisation or from senior leaders um, to help them grow and develop? What, what are they? I mean, we sort of touched on a couple of things. But, yeah, what, what do you see a young leader really needs from those people around them, above them, um, to help them flourish? I think, um, you know, something that I did get but I think would be, you know, if I had even more of it would have been really, really helpful for me would be just understanding what the path ahead might even look like because, you know, a lot of the time, particularly before I even took the role at my past, I was trying to, you know, understand what my next step might be, where I might go. And, and half the time, I didn't, half the roles I was hearing about I didn't even know existed. Um, <laughs> knowing what they do and what place what, what place they sit in an organisation and, and how they can have an impact. So I think helping people to map out, not necessarily where their trajectory will be in the world of opportunities that's out there, but what those opportunities even are um, because I think that then understanding what is potentially ahead of you gives people a little more assurance in in taking the steps forward whereas if you're literally are stepping into the dark and you don't know where you're going that's yeah. a lot more I think creates a lot more of that fear um, and then I think it's also just taking the risk on those people and flipping the mindset that it's not assuming that someone can't doing it's believe can't do something it's believing that they 
are able to step up yeah. to do it, even if they aren't quite ready, and then actually taking the accountability yourself to support them to do that because you can give someone an opportunity but then leave them to, to figure it out and either succeed or fail on their own or you can give them the opportunity and you can walk through it with them and actually yeah. ensure that they succeed um, and show them that you're there with them to help them. Um, and then if they do fail, then it's, it's your failure together. Um, yes. So I think, I think those probably be two ones. And then the other thing that, like I mentioned before, is just that point around that change start, needs to start with them. Yeah. Um, if, if there is something there that they're not happy with or that isn't, you know, every, whatever you're trying to achieve, whatever the outcome is, there is an element of you in that. Um, and whatever the outcome is, is happening, well, if you change the way that you're approaching it, then maybe that will change also. So probably so things come to mind. Yeah, so they definitely need um, opportunity, mm. what you're saying, but more than just the opportunity, they almost need the permission to fail with that opportunity as they go um, and, and the right kind of support around that, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely, and, and and I think probably one. I think I want to clarify. It's not. It's not about hand holding, and I think that's a judgment that gets thrown on people, particularly yeah. young people today. That oh, that people just want to be handheld through things, and they want them now, um, which is isn't the case. And you know, 20, 30, maybe even even further back years ago, um, I'm sure people were being given opportunities. They maybe just weren't given support to go through it. Yeah. And you know, the failures would have felt a lot bigger and a lot more lonely. I can imagine. Uh, I can only only assume because you know, it was the, here's the opportunity, but it wasn't that we're doing this together. Where I think it's actually people are still going to fail. It's it's the reality of it, but to to make it not feel so so on them and so lonely is the positive I think direction that we're heading in more and more. Yeah. So so the the culture of an organisation or the culture of a team is critical, obviously, to a young leader <laughs> feeling like they can sort of step up and have a go, um, you know, as part of that. I'm also curious to know, apart, we talked a little bit about vulnerability, but what are the other, what other kind of attributes or traits or characteristics do you feel leaders need to be successful, to be, um, you know, be able to, to influence others and lead people well? Yeah, the, the, the biggest one for me is, and I felt like about pretty strongly about this for a while, is that they have to be people first. Um, okay, yeah. If you, if, you, if you don't have people, then what are you leading? Yeah. Um, you may as well have an army of robots and get into yeah, AI yeah. and, <laughs> um, you know, you know build, a, build a digital team of bots because um, if, if it's leadership is, is people to people. And so um, I think being able to put people first and see see the human or the person before you see the role or the outcome or the opportunity mm-hmm. um, is is something that I feel pretty strongly about. And so without having those people skills, whatever people want to call them, whether it's um, EQ, um, I know the old school term is kind of soft skills, but um, being able to work with others, understand them, put your shit to the side and be able to see them for them without your, yeah. your bias coming through. Um, I think is such a critical thing because you can be the smartest person in the room or you can be the, the best at your role in a business, but that does not guarantee that you'll make a great manager or a leader. Um, so being able to being able to focus, separate the two out. Yeah, you, it, I think it helps when you're very good at what you do because people yeah. have respect for you already and they, you, they know that you actually can support them in that way. But at the same time, um, you need to be able to manage them as a person first. Um, a really great thing. 
put a bit more in Buffett. I can't remember who it came from, but it was like 95% of the issues people are struggling with in, in a work environment um, generally aren't work-related um, when, yeah. when, when the performance isn't, isn't great. And so being able to understand that side of it, um, I think, makes, makes a huge difference. And we've had many, many examples of that even in the last 12 months in, in my team and yeah. uh, has always come out to go, oh, so it wasn't the work thing that was making this difficult. It was something completely different that we weren't even aware of. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there is a big difference between leadership skills and a leader's behaviour. And I think in the past, there's been a lot of emphasis on building leadership skills, so the competencies of a leader, and not so much on leader, what I would call like a leader's behaviour. Um, and I think, you know, what you're saying is it's the leader's behaviour that is more important um, mm. because that's what will, you know, that's the vulnerability, it's the empathy, uh, it's the curiosity, um, you know, it's the listening skills, it's, it's, it's those kind of daily behaviours that a leader has um, demonstrated in the way that they, I guess, lead people over, you know, being technically good at their, a particular part of their job or a leadership skill. Does that kind of resonate with what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. 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 Because, yeah, like just as I said, if, if you know how to do something to perfection, um, it's, you know, a technical skill or your craft, it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to support someone else to do it just as well. That's right. Because they're going to have to take a very different approach to get there. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't know about you, but if you think about leaders that you have loved working alongside or underneath, mm. I'm pretty sure um, that most of us would say it wasn't necessarily their technical ability that gravitated me or made me get inspired it was their ability to uh mentor or listen or you know be true and vulnerable and authentic um that actually inspired me and you know helped me to be the person that i am today exactly and it's the personal connection that you have with them right like not everyone that you ever work for is going to be a considered a friend or we stay yeah. in touch with as a friend. But often I think the mark of those relationships is that there is a relationship beyond just working together if, you know, if and when paths do change and cross. Um, yeah, yeah. That's always the mark of when someone has made a difference and it's always the personal side, I think, that, um, that leads to that, um, that ongoing, ongoing relationship. Yeah, it is interesting because I do think that generally when people look for leaders, whether it's in schools or um, in the workplace, you know, they're kind of looking for the, the charismatic, popular, um, you know, or, you know, those that are very good at a specific thing and often probably neglect some of the most, you know, powerful leaders in the room um, that are maybe a bit quieter or the introverts, but they would become and will become uh, great leaders of people. Yeah, and even just think about like in the world currently or in the world in, in recent or past times, the, the, the leaders that have been known for a long, long time that are famous often sit well outside that generic um, charismatic, charismatic well-spoken leader yeah, that yeah. think of, right? And it's, we, we tend to forget that. But, um, you know, they're often out there, they're crazy thinkers, they, they do things differently, they do things in their, their own way themselves. Um, and I think that's, yeah, it's sometimes forgotten. Mm, absolutely. So if you were in a room full of senior leaders, what would you tell them um, about 
young leaders? What do they need to do differently? Good question. Just imagining a big, full of C suites and grey hairs. No, just just kidding. Um, look, probably to to listen first and to um, to ask questions and then to tell later. Yeah. Um, as a starting point, um, because you can't you can't paint everyone with the same brush, no matter if they fall into a similar age bracket or not. Um, and the way that they operate, the way they think, the way that they've grown up will be different and mm. they will need a different approach so yeah. um to be willing to be willing and to be ready to be to be agile um and to be flexible with how how you lead different people of course when you're leading an organization or a large group yeah they're all getting the same message from you but even take that into consideration when you do have messages you're delivering um that there is a whole a whole range of people out there yeah. um, doing your job right if you're hiring people right that are diverse that think differently that have different beliefs and how can you find a through line that will connect with all of them yeah, good. Um, so yeah i guess that that would be the first thing that would come to mind and then probably the second thing which i think i was always a, a great um anchor when working at, at reach and with with young people was start with yourself what were you like when you were in your early 20s or in your yeah. 10s or in your late 20s well, it depends what your definition of young is but um you know we were all there we all have been there we're, I'm, I'm there now Yep. So don't forget that either because it's easy to kind of sit where you are after a lifetime's experience and, um, you know, have all this knowledge and, and wisdom. But, um, you know, it will start from somewhere. So I think yeah, for sure. that goes a long yeah, way. That's good. Yeah. So, so far in your, I guess, you know, five, seven years of leadership experience, what's, what's been one of your biggest learnings or lessons about leadership? Hmm. Um, look, this is this is an obvious one, um, but <laughs> great leaders breed great leaders. Like I think, yeah, okay. The people that I've been lucky, and that's not saying that I'm a great leader, but the people that I've been lucky to have been exposed to in my time have been, you know, some of the, some of the most amazing people. Um, let alone how good they are, what they do for their, for, for their jobs or in their yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, first and. That has always inspired me to take a little piece from that person and take a little piece from that person. And, um, you know, you never want to emulate someone exactly because it's just not being true who you are. But being able to, I guess, take bits and pieces from each as you go, um, I think that's probably one of one of the biggest ones for me. Um, I mean, another, another part of it, I guess, has just been um, like you need the support around you as well. Yeah, okay. Some of the best leaders that I know have their own mentors who they ask um, point blankly and openly, hey, I don't know what to do here. Have you been there before? What would you do? Um, and, and I think over time, having it, having a network of people that you can turn to for different reasons. I have people in my life that I would consider friends first, but definitely mentors as well. Yeah, yeah. Reach, and to reach out for in different scenarios, whether it's life focus, whether it's a work thing, whether it's a family thing, because I know that they, that we think in a similar way, they've had experiences in that, in that area. Um, so you know, that's not something that has to take 10 years to build up. It can be something that just having a coffee with people or a text message or a phone call. Yeah. Um, people are willing willing to help is probably been a massive lesson. Yeah, um, I mean, I, that's come through quite a lot in these conversations with young leaders is, is the whole idea how important mentoring is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, finding mentors, being, being courageous to ask people to mentor you. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think, 
you know, for the more experienced, say, senior leaders out there to, to actually see how important it is uh, to invest one-on-one um, in, in younger leaders around you for sure. Yeah, exactly right. And look, I think that's probably, I think there's also a bit of work to be done to, be, to debunk that the word of mentoring as well. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Out of me, I used to not really know what it would mean. It wasn't that I was locked in to catch up weekly with someone for a year. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not the case. It's, you know, I've had one coffee with with, with someone once and that was enough. Where others, it may, may be something where you catch up more regularly and mentoring can feel quite formal. Um, but I think it's actually just, just tapping into the life experience that, other people that you're fortunate enough to be connected to in some way um, is, is what it's all about. Yeah, and I think sometimes just the simple exercise of making yourself available as a more experienced leader to a young person just says that you value them and, yeah. you know, you, you, you think they're worth it. And I think that in and of itself can go a long way. Yeah, the small, I think the small, probably it's probably another learning as well is that, what may seem like a small gesture or a small act yeah. or for someone who is seen as a leader um, can mean much, much more than, than that for the person that is receiving it. Yeah. Uh, it can go a long way and often is something that they won't forget. Um, so, yeah, don't not to take for granted those, those little things. It doesn't have to be this gallant, um, you know, active leadership that is seen by the world. It could be the smaller yeah. thing that to one person means a lot. Yeah, that's good. It kind of leads into the final question around, you know, what advice would you give to other young leaders out there um, from your experience? Look, I think I think to that last point, the, that people want to help and it's, it can be scary sometimes. You know, it still is for me all the time, reaching out to people, asking for yeah, help. Yeah. But, um, the more the more people that you speak to and the more questions that you ask and the conversations that you have, the better, the better for it that you'll be. Um, and um, even if they aren't the right person for you, I'm sure they will, they will think of someone else that is and, and, and put you in touch. So um, a, con- a conversation doesn't cost anything, and it's, um, these days you can, you can do that with anyone in the world. Um, yes. Be face-to-face. It's the beauty of where we are, and um, don't, don't be afraid to, to, to aim high either. Like there may be someone that you're really inspired by you see around the world, and they may only be two or three connections away from a conversation with you directly, even if you didn't think that was possible. Um, and then the, I think the other side is, and this is put, um, put to me, I've never forgotten it, by another, another great, great leader who works, was you know, involved at Reach and now works in an organisation called um, Tomorrow Architects, Tom Harkin, and that was just to, to be in motion. And, and what he meant by that, how I interpreted what he told me was just to be, to be doing, to be trying things, to be out there and getting into it because... Um, you know, what you start today in three months' time, if you keep at it, will be very, very different and will have evolved a lot. So rather than Straight working advice. on to start it, to, to actually in the act of being in motion, things will grow and evolve around you. So um, Sounds like a great title for a book, mate, Leadership yeah. in Motion. I have to tell him to write a book. It's just a great concept. I, I really like it. Yeah. And have you tried to live that out? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's, that's not just a, in a work, a work centre or it's in all aspects, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, a big part of my life that's come in the last couple of years and have blossomed out of nowhere is, is running and something I've got mm. to and 
Um, you know, the way that I look at that is, yeah, I may not be ready for this thing that I want to do in six months, but if I buy a ticket today, then I'm a, a little bit closer and that will, that will spark the next bit and the next bit and all of a sudden you're running, you're running the event in six months. So um, absolutely, I think. Which is kind of similar to the concept you talked about before about building the plane as you fly in it. Yes. Um, there's actually a, a really quite good book called Building the Bridge as You Walk on It, kind mm-hmm. of similar kind of concept. Um, but this is kind of like what you're saying, you know, like um, just do something, like yes. start, um, yeah. you know, and just and keep that 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 movement um, exactly. you know, towards your goal. Yeah. Even if you can, you know, for me, I haven't been able to see the second or the third step, what it looks like yet. Once I take the first step, then it becomes obvious mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. It's good, mate. Um, well, it's pretty much our time. Uh, went went a lot quicker than um, I thought it would, but yeah, that was a quick half an hour. But some really good, I think, some really good reflections and insights and encouragements uh, and some challenges as well. So heaps appreciate you and um, yeah, taking the time to be a part of this. No, thank you. It's a pleasure, and yeah, grateful for the opportunity. It's always nice to to reflect, as I said, even this this things that I, you know probably wouldn't have thought about today otherwise and I'll, I'll take it with me so appreciate it a lot yeah, good one. all right thanks harry beautiful all right thanks anyway, mate bye. Cheers.